This is the Timepieces History Podcast, brought to you by Gudrun Lorette, the expert in using modern marketing methods for the traditional heritage sector. Each bite-sized show shares the story of a place, person or object from the past in around 10 minutes. And now, here's today's show. Hello. And welcome to the Timepieces History Podcast. Today, we're looking at Cleopatra, made famous by Elizabeth Taylor, and the story of suicide by snake. I'd love to know what you think of these episodes, so please come and find me on Twitter, at GoodlandLorette, or leave me a comment on your audio player of choice. Alternatively, you can pop a message onto the relevant podcast page over at goodlandlorette.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find the show notes, useful links, and an episode transcript. No email address required to access that. Cleopatra, or to give her her full name, Cleopatra VII Thea Philopater, Cleopatra the father-loving goddess, was born in 69 BC to the pharaoh Ptolemy XII in Macedonia. Her mother is unknown, but was probably the king's wife, also Cleopatra. The first Ptolemy was a general for Alexander the Great, and went on to found his dynasty. All kings were called Ptolemy, and queens were either Cleopatra, Bernice, or Arsinoe. The Ptolemians were also keen on incest, and our Cleopatra is believed to have been married to both of her younger brothers at different times. Well, being a polygamist would clearly have been a step too far. She was highly intelligent, charming, and well-educated. She spoke a dozen languages and was also educated in mathematics, philosophy, oratory, and astronomy, and was a shrewd political strategist. She learned how to speak Egyptian and styled herself as a living embodiment of the goddess Isis. Cleopatra soon decided that she wanted to rule Macedonia on her own, rather as co-regent with her husband brother, as was the custom. She was 18 and 10 years older than her brother at the time of their father's death, so it's understandable that she wanted to be in charge. Her initial attempt at seizing power failed, and Ptolemy XIII had her thrown out of the palace. She regarded this only as a minor setback and fled to Syria, where she put together a mercenary army. At around this time, 48 BC, Julius Caesar arrived in Alexandria, hot on the heels of an errant general. Egypt at the time was a lowly ally to Rome, and Caesar decided to get involved in the sibling squabble for power. Cleopatra saw the advantage of aligning herself with the emperor, and according to legend, had herself smuggled into his rooms at the palace, either wrapped in a carpet or in a sack. They soon became lovers and had a son together. This trick also allowed her to gain entry into the palace, as her brother had refused to engage in peace talks with her. Caesar supported Cleopatra in the civil war against Ptolemy XIII, who drowned in the Nile during a battle. As Caesar was already married, he couldn't wed Cleopatra, who promptly found herself the bride to her surviving brother, now Ptolemy XIV, as per the original custom. That, however, didn't stop her following Caesar back to Rome, where her presence caused quite a scandal. She was in the city when he was assassinated in 44 BC and was obliged to return rather promptly to Egypt. Rather than settle back to married life with her new husband, though, Cleopatra had him bumped off and also her annoying sister Arsinoe. By dispatching her siblings, she was able to guarantee the succession of her son with the deceased Roman emperor, the young Caesarian. In 43 BC, in the aftermath of the uproar of Julius Caesar's death, his adopted heir, Octavian, formed the second triumvirate with Caesar's friend Mark Antony and statesman and general Marcus Aemilius Lepidus, with the hope of restoring calm to the empire. The men set out to visit as much of Rome's lands and allies as they could, and within a year, Octavian had control over most of the west of the Republic, Mark Antony the east, and the unfortunate Lepidus was pretty much left out in the cold. 
When Mark Antony met Cleopatra the first time in 41 BC in Tarsus, now part of Turkey, he was smitten. To be fair, she had made a bit of an effort. Her barge was gold with silver oars, her attendants were dressed as cupids, and she herself was decked out to look like Aphrodite, the goddess of love. Perhaps she was aware that Mark Antony identified with the Greek god Dionysus and would spot the reference. The two quickly became lovers and lived an allegedly debauched life in Egypt. They found their own drinking club with the name of the Inimitable Livers, and the group met nightly for alcohol-fueled feasts and enjoyed playing games, including playing pranks on the citizens of Alexandria while in disguise. Cleopatra bore Mark Antony twins, and it's believed that they married even though he had a wife at home at the time. Their happiness was short-lived, however, as he had returned to an Italy divided by political upheaval. The second triumvirate had fallen apart, with Antony and Octavian each accusing the other of betrayals, unlawful detainments of fellow kings, and illicit relationships, including with Cleopatra. Octavian was also annoyed that Antony appeared to be promoting Caesarian as heir over himself, despite the fact that Julius Caesar had never officially acknowledged the boy. In an attempt to call a truce with Octavian, Antony had agreed to marry his sister, Octavia. Antony and Cleopatra didn't see each other again for three years, but after that they did rule Alexandria together for a couple of years, and Antony then proclaimed her eldest son legitimately fathered by Julius Caesar. Octavian didn't like this and promptly declared war on Cleopatra. Antony took her side and she supplied him with a number of naval ships. She was barred from participating in any skirmishes herself despite having participated in them in the past. Mark Antony was ultimately defeated in battle by Marcus Agrippa, losing his lover's lands. In true Roman fashion, he fell on his sword, and Octavian told Cleopatra she would be paraded through the streets of Rome, a humiliation too much to bear for a proud queen. As the story goes, she arranged for an asp to be delivered to her hidden in a basket of figs, and died from its venom. However, modern historians point to the fact that she was known to carry hair combs containing concealed vials of poison, and rather than a bite, it's thought that she died after pricking herself with a poison-tipped pin. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next time and let me know what you thought of today's episode too. Thank you for listening to the Time Pieces History Podcast. Don't forget to listen next time for more quick history facts.